The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride. Org, otherwise known as BPI, every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. on ACB Media One and shortly after on all your major podcast catchers. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection. Lovers, the lovers, the dreamers, the dreamers, and me. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pride Connection. I am back in the hosting seat, Anthony, your vice president, and I am here with one of our newer members, Janine Lee. Hey, Janine. Hey, Anthony. Hey, y'all. <laughs> and we're going to be talking a little bit about a fundraiser that we're doing for Blind Pride. Um, later on in the call, we're going to get to know David and the company Fruit Loots and um, have some fun tonight. So let's get started. Hey, David, welcome to Pride Connection. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. That's awesome. So usually we ask our guests to tell us a little about themselves, where they're from, where they grew up. Um, And for our sighted allies, we always ask, you know, what encounters, you know, or what experience have you had with the blind and low vision community? So uh, tell us your story, Mr. David Cruz. (laughs) Well, thank you. And again, thanks for having me on here. Excited to to chat with you guys and and to tell my story. Uh, So uh, my name is David. I'm the co-founder of a queer-owned e-com business based here in West Hollywood, California. Um, The story of Fruit Loots really kind of started in 2020 uh, while everybody was home doing their sourdough bread and being plant daddies and mommies. (laughs) Uh, A very good friend of mine, Alan and I, who is now my co-founder, he and I have been friends for over 20 years and have kind of had similar career paths in the world of product development and visuals and all of that fun stuff and in the retail world. We were all stuck at home like everybody else during that time. And uh, we were trying to send pride gifts uh, to our friends, uh, you know, since there were no pride festivals or parades or anything of that sort. And we were trying to find great gifts because we know, you know, queer makers and small businesses exist out there. But there wasn't a, a singular place to find them. And there wasn't a place that, you know, had great packaging and, and all the bells and whistles that you would typically ask for when trying to send a gift to somebody. It's easy to pick up the phone or to, you know, go onto a website and send chocolate covered fruit, fruit baskets, uh, flowers, macaroons, cookies, you name it, teddy bears, all of this, you know, all of the above. But you just couldn't find a great place to find gifts that were made by some honest to God, great small businesses from the queer community. And so that kind of set us on the path to creating something all of our own. And it kind of started as a side joke. And then very quickly and, you know, became serious about starting a business together after many, many years of being friends. Uh, so it was bound to happen. And uh, in 2021, a year later, we launched Fruit Loots, and that is spelled F-R-U-I-T-L-O-O-T-S for those who are wondering. Uh, 
And the idea behind the name, because I know people a lot of ask, ask that a lot uh, to us, is that we're two fruits that have really cool loot. And uh, the concept is that you can find now cool makers that are uh, mostly LGBTQ plus uh, small businesses. But in addition to that, we also are um, champions of female founders, POC, um, AAPI, all of the above. Anyone underrepresented sits at our table first. AAPI is uh, Asian American Pacific Islander. And really the conceit is like any upper underrepresented communities uh, sit at our table first. And, you know, in the world of products and retail and national retail giants, like there's a lot of, you know, products that are not from small makers. And so we're kind of flipping the script a little bit and uh, really kind of having all these small makers from underrepresented communities sit at the table first and be the primary source of product providers for what we do. We design candles all on our own. We design the packaging that goes around it. So even when you get all these amazing products, we uh, add the additional layer of cool gift wrap and packaging all around it. And so it's extra fun when you receive it. So that was our, our passion project that came to life in 2020 and how it came about. Uh, that's what I do for a living. I am a kid that grew up on a tiny island in the middle of the Pacific called Guam. and. Uh, you know, half of my family lives here in Los Angeles and in California, and then the other half still lives there. But, you know, I grew up uh, with a small island boy uh, mentality mm-hmm. and am now living in the very big city of West Hollywood, California. So and that's that's how I came to you guys today. <laughs> well, that is awesome. When um, when did you make the big move to the city and and share a little bit about that experience? What was that like, you know? coming yeah had you been back and forth often or you know when you first got here like did you have the bright eyes big city kind of feel thing going on i feel like it's 50 50 i feel like um since my dad said his family lives out here um you know i'd always come out every holiday or summer just to visit um and always really had the intention to you know be a part of this big crazy world and i think there are you know two kind of like mentalities living side by side juxtaposed to each other you know there's like you said the big city life of living in a state like california and you know coming to los angeles and then there's that very small i mean it's smaller than hawaii so you know it's small small island life and i think i always kind of had the idea that i was going to move out here at some point and i did uh when i graduated from high school i immediately moved out here went to school in southern california lived in Orange County for the better part of 10 years, and uh, which is where my grandmother lives, a couple family members. And so while I adjusted, you know, to a lot of new things in life, I tiptoed and very, you know, uh, slowly kind of explored the life of living in Los Angeles. And I think it was in 2009 that I finally made the move. And, uh, you know, that's, I feel like that was really when my eyes were open pretty wide and all of those possibilities of, of doing all the things that I really wanted to do were, were very real and, you know, at my fingertips. So um, it was a great move. Uh, but 2009 is when I did it. And I'm so glad I did because all of these things kind of kind of happened at the same time. And as a side note, uh, Alan, my business partner, also moved to L.A. at the same time. And he and I connected, I think it was like a year later. And we're like, oh, my God, we're both in L.A. How, how cool. Um, and that became uh, kind of the starting port for our reconnection and ultimately our, our business starting. Uh, okay. But it was a little bit of both. So you knew Alan when you were in Guam, right? 
Yeah, I met him uh, in California. He and I were both, um, and this is a fun story, we were both mall rats in college. I, you know, like many people, took my one of my first few jobs uh, working retail. in the mall. And, retail. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, that retail. was what you did. The mall was cool. Yeah. You wanted to work there. And uh, Ellen did several stints uh, working for the corporate world of uh, diesel. And I was worked for the yeah, worked for uh, the Gap for a long time. And, and we kind of did that thing. And um, he and I connected while being mall rats working in the mall and commiserating together over the long mm-hmm. hours we would work. <laughs> but uh, that's when we met and became friends. Oh, that's great. Love is love is love. I love friendship. So I know when you came to LA, you had other ideas of what you wanted to do. So I know personally that you did some radio things and you had some other fun opportunities. So can we just mention those in case someone <laughs> like knows? Like a highlight reel. Yeah. yeah. What's <laughs> your fun highlight reel that I was so excited for you for? and But that chapter's over now. And I'm so excited for this Fruit Loops chapter. Full disclosure, David and I have been friends for 30 years. Yeah. So when you came to LA, I know you didn't come for retail. I know you came for college and then to do radio stuff. And so do you want to kind of talk about your radio stuff and your love? Sure, do it. Love. <laughs> cool. I went to school to be a journalist. And I think all my life, you know, I've, I've kind of been in the world of journalism. I was editor of my college newspaper. You know, I was the editor of my high school newspaper. I will age myself at this point too. Uh, I grew up in the the the, the time of blogging, and uh, you know, in the Sex in the City, Carrie Bradshaw's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. adding to the DNA of of who I was and what I did. Did I want to be a blogger? No, I wanted to be the correspondent, you know, in the middle of a war, reporting mm-hmm. live from some crazy you place. Totally that did. was what I wanted to do. Um, I came to Los Angeles and I had, I, you know, in my retail career, had disconnected from, you know, the passion for journalism. But something about starting over in 2009, you know, and, and the heights of blogging still kind of being, you know, in, in the zeitgeist of what people were doing, you know, really kind of spoke to me. And I thought it was a cool idea to move to L.A., reconnect with maybe some local magazines that are around here and, and see if I could do you know, some sort of writing. I had been uh, talking to, gosh, they're not even around anymore. Um, A magazine called Frontiers Magazine um, had given me the green light to write a column about dating and relationships. And Mm -hmm. I thought that that would be a cool approach to, you know, of course, wink, wink, do my own sex in the city moment and say, move to the city single and start dating in a big city, which I had never, you know, lived in before. That column turned into, um, you know, my website, which was Finding Cupid. I mm-hmm. wanted to grow it bigger than that. And Finding Cupid turned into a podcast. And this was before podcasting is what it is today. And it was a radio show and all of that stuff. And so I had been talking about dating and relationships for, I think, about four years at that point when um, I was approached uh, by the people at Millionaire Matchmaker uh, to be a part of their TV show. And they had 
kind of approached me. I think it was like not even a year of being out in LA. And they said, hey, we do this show. Uh, we work for this crazy matchmaker called Patty Stinger. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. Uh, and at that time, I think she was only on season three. And I really didn't. I didn't know who she was. Um, and they were like, listen, I, you know, what do you do? And the more I spoke about what I did, the more like you could see the lights going on in their brain. And so um, we just kind of kept in touch. And a couple years later, um, you know, I found myself, uh, well, actually, Story goes, I found myself on the show as a dater initially. Uh, they brought me on as a dater in season Wait, four. Wait, you did? Really? Yeah. I, I they didn't brought know me on that. as a dater oh. in season four. Bravo okay. people, look that one up. Um, I, <laughs> I came will. on as a dater, went all the way to the end, of course, had some crazy, you know, uh, millionaire guy that I wanted some insane date with and just kind of didn't work out. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> and then. <laughs> Uh, and then just kind of thought that was that. Uh, but lo and behold, you know, there were some casting changes uh, and the producers reached out to me and said, hey, I think you could be interested in something that we're doing here. We'd love to bring you in and talk to you about, you know, this opportunity. Um, that turned into an opportunity to kind of be mentored uh, by Patty Stanger and uh, to be one of her matchmakers on the show as the cast member. Gosh, I don't even know. I think that was like 10 years ago at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and that led to, God, a five, almost six year stint of doing Millionaire Matchmaker on Bravo mm -hmm. and kind of taking my uh, crazy affinity for love and dating and relationships and taking it to a level I never knew it could go to. And <laughs> And so I can safely say I have spoken about dating and really. And so the, 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 the world of love and Valentine's Day is near and dear to my heart. Uh, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that will bring us back to, to why we're here today. But uh, <laughs> yes, there was a stint in a chapter in my life that was strongly dedicated to love, dating, relationships, and, uh, you know, the affinity for keeping it alive in today's world. Finding Cupid was definitely one of those things of the moment um, that just stayed and stayed. Can you talk maybe about two or three moments where it fed your soul for love? Because there were some, you know, some real matches made and some real raw stories along the way. So could you share maybe one or two or even three highlight moments from that time from Finding Cupid? Just kind of the simple explanation that, you know, I think that in, you know, we were on the brink of technology kind of taking over how people connected uh, in dating and relationships. Matchmaking was taboo. Dating online, you know, was still taboo. It felt weird to people. Technology in general was very weird to people. Um, there yeah. was also a disconnect uh, about relationships and love and if those things were possible, uh, you could really say that people were a little skeptical about, you know, the idea of being in relationships, uh, you know, in general. And I had always been somebody that said, you know, I believe in love. I believe that, you know, people should love each other no matter what. Uh, human love, uh, dating love, um, family love. I think that yeah. love is an important yeah. thing in the world. Um, and even to this day, I can say there's still not enough of it. And when you get people, um, or get the opportunity to work with people who are truly genuinely trying to find 
love in the world, you know, it's, it, it becomes personal to you. And I think yeah. of all the years that I did, uh, that I worked with clients on a matchmaking basis, on a coaching basis, you know, it's, it's like anything. And I've said this before many, many times, uh, trying to find a relationship is like trying to find a job. Uh, you know, it's trying to find your career path and it's not the professional path. It's the, you know, uh, the personal, uh, emotional, the love path. And, uh, and it's hard and, you know, people are still not good at it today, even when we have technology kind of bringing us closer. So some examples of, you know, trying to, or or some examples that are, are really dear to my heart are just, uh, I would say, talking about people uh, who uh, I've coached one uh, and really just talking about like the things that they're genuinely just, uh, and those things are just talking to people. You would be surprised at how, uh, how difficult it is for many people out there to say, to approach people in, you know, a common space like a bar or a restaurant mm-hmm. or an event and coaching them through the po- process of really just trying to, to network the same way that you would network, you know, at a, at a, at a professional function. And, you know, I get it. Not a lot of people are extroverts. I'm quite an extrovert myself. Uh, and, you know, I can, I could stand and talk in front of a thousand people and it won't phase me. And there are people that cannot do that, you know, one-on-one to yeah. a person. Mm-hmm. So I think helping people through that process, helping them understand you know, tricks of the trade, you know, to approach people without feeling like it's an overt, like, you know, flirt moment. Uh, but at the end of the day, teaching people how to flirt, you know, that's something that it's I think skill. is super important. Yeah, it's a skill. Yeah, it's, it's a skill that you have to help talking. learn. Right. So I, yeah. um, I don't know if Anthony knows this, but I was super excited for when you were doing your finding Cupid conventions and open things where you would have different vendors, like cupcake vendors, cookie vendors, candle people, and you would be the main speaker and you would give presentations, you know, kind of like Susie Orman or whoever, right? I thought those were really inspiring. And I think you did that right before you did Matchmaker, right? So I think that was really cool when you were doing that. Yeah, I think, thank you. Um, You know, I think when it comes to uh, the world of Finding Cupid that I built, um, mm. Finding Cupid, uh, I guess to go a little bit more into that, wasn't just a place for dating and relationship advice. And um, it really was built on the fact that, you know, Cupid is this mythical person that we are all hoping comes into our lives to help us find love of love. some sort. Uh, but I created it not just to bring... Um, advice and uh, on dating and relationships to the world but i wanted it i wanted it to be a place that connected the moments for different people so uh whether it was hosting events that brought together some of the best vendors for for valentine's day or featuring them on the website or writing about rom-coms uh it was Mm -hmm. a one-stop shop for you know all things love which brings you full circle to this now for um fruit loots and valentine's day (laughs) <laughs> and love is love is love. Uh, so one thing I think is really cool that I, I want to ask, and then we'll get back on topic is, do you still on Valentine's Day? So I do this and David does this. I don't know if he still does, but on Valentine's Day, 
we go out and we do random acts of kindness. And like David would hand out handmade cards. I hand out cookies. I hand out gift cards. I pay for someone in the restaurant, you know, just little random things. You give out a pencil or you put money in a meter for someone. Do you still do random acts of kindness on Valentine's Day for people, David? And say love is love is love. Well, you know, um, (laughs) you know, again, I think I spent like 10 plus years of my life doing all of those things. I think uh, these days, you know, because I own a business and all of that, I think uh, and because I'm married and have a pupper, uh, you know, congratulations, you know, here. Thank you. I, I, you know, the, the chapters are unfolding differently in my life. Do I still do all those things? Yes. Um, to answer the question, but they're done in different ways. I think I, in my business, I try to, you know, put extra special care with what we do around Valentine's day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last year I think, uh, was our first kind of big tiptoe into really investing in, in, in the way that I want to. And, you know, we did fun things like whenever you ordered one of our boxes, um, we have this kind of cereal box discovery moment with uh, any of the gift box sleeves that you get. And um, there are different like games and QR codes to scan. Uh, and if you scan certain things, it'll take you to a recipe where, you know, you're, uh, you can make dinner at home for a loved one or cocktails. Or a drink. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I try to bring you know, the many years of, of that into what I do. So it, it will never go away. But, um, you know, I, I try to do it in a different way, I guess, is the best way to say it. Awesome. That's, that is very sweet. Um, I'm going to just share mine. I had a secret skill for a very long time. I was, I'm really good at making balloon animals and balloon structures. Are you? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I would like the night before Valentine's Day when I was in junior high and high school, I would make like 12, 15, however many. And oh. they were big. Like I had, used to carry like four big garbage bags into school. <laughs> oh my and gosh. I, I can imagine and, that. And I would put them either on, on the person's desk or like if it was the, if the lockers, they were the half lockers, I would put it on top of the locker. And that was my oh. thing. But oh. um, that's a talent. you know and i can still do it i I, I was one i had i'd lost my sight recently and i wondered you know will that like skill be sloppy now because there is a visual aspect to it but yeah after a while the muscle memory guides you and and then you know you get somebody to look at and they're like yeah that's you know and and you can kind of feel but anyway i'm digressing in this how do you blow the balloon do you use a pump or can you blow it like the other oh i can can never blow blow them honey it's skill it's all i'm gonna tell you and in our community we learn you know we learn it young um anyways (laughs) so being that this I mean that this is Blind Pride International. Yeah, I do want to jump back one more time, and and it's a little bit serious, but can you share what the queer community like is in Guam and what it was like for you, and what you thought of the queer community when you got to Los Angeles? Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, great question. I think. The best way to answer that is, uh, you know, to kind of lay a little bit more of the scene here and to tell you that, you know, Guam is a a very Catholic, well, especially growing up, it still is today, but very Catholic uh, 
place to grow up. I also had a father that was in the military to make fun Oof. things more fun for me. I went to Girl. private Catholic. I know. Way, better. I went he to did. private Catholic school all the way up until 10th grade. Uh, two, one of those years, no, two of those years was two, um, uh, an all boys private Catholic school. So things could not be any more <laughs> of a challenge for uh, a young man trying to understand, you know, his his kind of place in the world. Um, and it was challenging. I don't think that I knew of any other. I mean, when you're in high school, you're like, that person's gay. You know, like, I think there's that awareness that, you know, or somebody is being bullied, unfortunately, and that's how you know somebody else is gay. And I think that's that's all that's all I had. I don't even think at that time and and dare we do some time stamping here? Sure, I'll do it. But <laughs> you know, I graduated in uh No 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 David and... no, no no David, we don't need to no ah! go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna argue. It's my show, but I'm not gonna argue. Move along. Go ahead, <laughs> you know, David. It's okay. I was it's just okay. gonna say at at that time it, things just weren't the way that they are now and right. uh so there, there wasn't anything visible to me, I should say. Um, there wasn't a community that I knew of. I had not come out until I was two years into college. And even then, I didn't come out until, to my family until, you know, well into my 20s. Uh, so, you know, I did not know of anything then. And growing up on an island like that, I think it was very you know, challenging to kind of go through all of those different layers of self-discovery. When I moved to California, that's when things started to make sense a little bit. Obviously, you know, moving out here in general opens you up to, you know, the community as a whole. And I remember, you know, um, gosh, it was just meeting gay people, you know, in college and knowing, you know, of course, the theater people, you know, there was a good portion of them there. And meeting people through that and then eventually going out and understanding there were neighborhoods that flew this amazing rainbow flag. West Hollywood. That's how you knew places were gay. And so it was a lot of digestion for me of understanding that there was more people like me. Um, And I think that as I got older and as I, you know, as I went through the motions of school, you know, I was also, I became the student uh, body president of, uh, of my college. And I remember at that point I was out. And at that point, it was a big deal for me to identify as being queer and as being a gay man. And that was, that was not settling well with a lot of people, you know, because it was different yeah. at that time. Uh, and so, again, the time stamping of all of this is, there to show that the progress that we've made, you know, since the time that I've been in college has grown leaps and bounds. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I think that the things that I do now, whether it be love and matchmaking, you know, to bring love to the world, no matter who you want to love, that's Mm -hmm. a whole chapter of just me continuing to fight the fight of love. Um, mm-hmm. But even in what I do in Fruit Loots and being, you know, an out and proud, you know, uh, queer business, uh, in addition to, um, you know, supporting small queer businesses and giving them a moment to shine through our business, it's my way of, you know, continuing to pay the pay the path forward um, because of Matchmaker. And, you know, it, in hindsight, and even as they say all these things, it's interesting to kind of say like, hey, 
your path has always been this, that you were always meant to do these things to, you know, to bring some sort of awareness to things. Right. But uh, because of the show, I was invited back to Guam several times to, um, you know, to speak on behalf of marriage equality. And they had not passed marriage equality at the time. Uh, and I was invited to do a, a commencement speech at the University of Guam alongside um, mm-hmm. um, uh, Jim Obergefell, who was uh, yeah. one of the uh, big, you know, he was the person who brought it to the Supreme Court, who is, you know, uh, uh, solely responsible. Well, there's a lot of people responsible, but, you know, his name is on that um, yeah. court case that went to the Supreme yeah. Court. So. Um, he and I were both on Guam fighting for marriage equality, and it was awesome. nice to go back there to, you know, to answer your question, Anthony, to talk about how, you know, we can fight and how there is a community now on Guam that wasn't visible when I was younger. And so it felt like, uh, you know, full circle for me to be able to do things mm-hmm. like that and to continue to be able to do things like that with my business. and. Uh, you know, it wasn't like that when I was younger, but it's nice to see that uh, there is a path forward now. Yeah. Well, thank you for being I, vulnerable and sharing yeah. that with us. Um, you know, we have a lot of members that are make up the international part of BPI, and it always reminds me how lucky I, like you, could probably timestamp around the exact same time period <laughs> and face a lot of the same kind of heights and lows. Um, yeah. But then, you know, I realized how lucky I am to have been able to grow up in New York at that time when everything yeah. was changing and to live parts of history and to still be able to meet and speak with, and this is my big thing in the community, you know, we need to always remember who walked before us, who fought before us, yes. you know, yes. who made what we have now possible. Yes. And it's so, you know, thank you for being vulnerable yeah. about that. But let's let's talk about love and the business. I know yeah. one thing I'm wondering, don't worry, Janine, you're going to go in a, in a minute or two. No, I, know I just one thing. to follow up to the Guam thing, but okay, go on. Oh no, grab it, grab it, then we'll uh, then we'll go to the. I business. just wanted to say that David and I were friends in high school. I was not in Guam, but I was in California, and I had a different view. But I didn't even know that David was gay. Like we had conversations. Like, would it be okay if I love a guy? And I'm like, I, yeah. Would it be okay if I love a girl myself? Because I would go to Castro in San Francisco, and I was very involved in many things and and David was as well and we talked about it and I just know it was so close there and and then I didn't even know that David was gay we had a mutual friend and he's like you didn't know I'm like no and I kind of had a mini crush on David <laughs> when I was younger like David I knew that was so... coming I just knew that was coming <laughs> that he's did you that you were so yes. adorable who says that? Anthony, did you say that? Um, Anthony's the one saying it. Yeah, I just I knew did that have was a crush coming. on David, <laughs> but then I got over it. Like, it was just a, like for like a day. Girl, you're a big old fruit fly. Don't worry about it. We get them. <laughs> yeah. What's a, uh, those go on bananas. I don't like the word um, hag. So, <laughs> oh, you know, in high school, a, a, a lot of people started using I, it at the same time. I didn't fruit know, I didn't yeah, know yeah. David was gay until he was in California. I didn't know. And I, I thought I had gay dog, but I apparently did not. So I just want to say that I know how tough it was on Guam and for 
David Bean Shamaro. That is cute. All right. So let's do some love in the business. Um, Love is love. Love is love is love. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes, Mm -hmm. too. Um, I'm wondering what what are the qualities when you're looking for your partners, you know, for the the products that you're going to highlight, that you're going to put into these beautiful boxes? What are some of the qualifications that you're looking at? Um, you know, do you just look for like the Zaza Zoo in a product or a company or a person? How do you pick the people you work with? Great question. You know, everything that we do at Fruit Loops is always comes from an elevated point of view. And, you know, you can go out and find a million people that do gift boxes. That is no secret. Um, you know, but... I think what part of what we were frustrated with, especially around the time when it came to, you know, uh, pride time is that, you know, we're not just slapping rainbows on things and calling it, you know, you know, gay owned or, or pride. We're not just, you know, buying things from people without a social responsibility to who's making it. And I think more than ever, uh, we lead with the fact that they need to be not just great gifts, because that anyone can curate. There's a bunch of people out there that curate fantastic gift boxes. But when we curate, uh, yes, they are elevated. And yes, they must be, you know, fantastic products. Mm-hmm. But I want small businesses that are, you know, queer owned first and foremost. Uh, so part of the LGBTQ plus community like that, that is the biggest, most important piece of what we do. And when we find these elevated makers, you'd be surprised. Like there's so many of them out there, but they're hard to find. Uh, yeah, they're, they're in so their niche and they're stuck yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Can't find them. So it's good there's you that's going out and finding them. I think it's great. And you found some really great companies. Uh, I've personally but it shopped them. There. So it's out there. Yeah. You just have to look, but it's great that you can just and let me say in your boxes it's fabulous you you use this um shredded stuff sometimes they're different each box is different so it's really fun when you get these fun things and and they're not you don't just throw them in a box so you take but that's care the thing with too right things. there's there's a million people out there that do what we're doing we we didn't invent this area you know we didn't you know nothing is new of of the world of curated box giving there's a thousand of them out there but again to but bring that it back you're to the question looking for what queer we do is yeah yeah but that's what i'm trying to say is that what we do is that we not just bring you know queer makers but it's female founded it's anyone any person of color any underrepresented you know maker that's out there that just is not given a chance to sit at the table first because mm-hmm. national brands you know other big brands that have you know tons of money behind them you know are out there kind of dominating retail brick and mortar spaces and mm-hmm. and you yeah. know wholesale so world. market but mm-hmm. yeah and so we give a lot of the people uh you know that we find they're all from underrepresented communities and so we bring them to the table first and whether they're a female founder, you know, a queer owner or a person of color, they're all mm-hmm. just kind of sitting at our table first and we curate them to make what we do. And then, yes, we add in our special twist and spin on packaging and, and all those little fun things that go together. But, you know, we try to find the best of the best. Sometimes they're from our backyard here in Los Angeles and there's a ton of that, but they're from all across the United States, which, which makes it very special. We need to add some blind entrepreneurs 
for you. So you can list that. Yeah. So I mean, like there's queer, so much crossover. Color, <laughs> uh, women, and then, of course, blind. Yeah. Always looking. Oh, so can I flip back to a question that Anthony asked you earlier? What is your experience with blind and low vision? Yes. Well, you know, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I, I don't really have anyone close to me that is part of that community. This would be the first kind of, you know, experience, you know, in a, in a, in a bigger way of working with the community itself. Um, you know, and, and that's important to me. I think that when you gave me a call, you know, it, it, it's in my DNA to say yes to things like this, because I definitely always want to work with underrepresented people who need, you know, more of the exposure to bring light to their cause. And so uh, while I don't have anyone dear to me, you know, next to you, Janine and, and Anthony, like you're the <laughs> oh. two that I know really kind <laughs> yeah, of I was like, off the bat uh, here. I'm not dear <laughs> to you, David. Ouch. Well, I mean, listen, I haven't seen you in <laughs> over 30 years. So, you know, yeah, I, 20, I, but yeah, I don't, um, but I want to, okay. So I, but like to make this easier for you, I saw you on Instagram and you posted, Hey, join Fruit Loops. And I thought it was Fruit Loops, like the cereal, because, uh, I use dictation when I type things instead of typing things in and, and I couldn't find you on the web. But then when I clicked your link from Instagram and Facebook and all those things. And I'm like, oh, it's Fruit Loots. And then I went to your webpage and I was having some difficulty, right? So I called you and you're like, oh, I didn't even know. And then you said, because uh, I wanted to place a, a, a good size order, right? So I called you and you're like, well, what can I do to make it more accessible? And I said, well, David, you have to add alt text. And you're like, oh, I can do that. So just an awareness. So have you continued yeah. with the alt text now? I think I can say yes to that, but I haven't seen, clicked on that. <laughs> I'm not clicked yeah. on that. You know, I think there's, there's the long and short answer, which is, you know, I think you bring up such a great point. I think that people in my world who use site every single day, you know, don't think twice about that. And I think that that was an important learning for us to kind of have in that moment, because it's not like we were you know, we were born yesterday and said, you know, we're not going to do this for the blind community because you just don't know uh, because it's not in front of you. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's not the squeaky wheel making the noise. And if you're a small business owner, you know, there's a thousand other things that you're trying to deal with, paying bills, you know, keeping the business running, you know, marketing, mm -hmm. social media, all of that. Um, but I think when you brought it to our attention, we were like, oh, there's a place in this process for us to pause to, you know, continue to make things better for a big part of this community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people who are potentially customers of ours. And mm -hmm. the answer is, yeah, we've definitely started as, because there's a long, you know, explanation to all of this on the behind the scenes things, but like, there's, you know, simple things that you can do as you're uploading images or as you're creating the site that, you know, allows you to, um, yes. you know, to make yes. them more accessible. Yes. So that was a learning for us. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that that is a learning that we'll continue to, to move forward with. And as we do, you know, this collaboration for Valentine's Day as well, um, you'll mm -hmm. see that accessibility built in. Well, thanks, David. I, I really appreciate that you did that. And, and you just don't know what you don't know. And I'm glad that you know, knowing us helps your world get a little bigger. 
Um, so I'm happy we're partnering. I really wanted to um, bring you to BPI and BPI to you because you didn't know about Blind Pride International and they didn't know okay. about Fruit Loose. And it's just making the connections because um, we're all working together to spread love and joy and, and care about everyone. Yeah. And, you know, that's how the world should be, right? I think that yeah. we're not here to make each other's lives miserable. And if no. there's any moment that we can stop and pause and go, oh, hey, let's be humans to each other and let's mm-hmm. make, you know, the world a better place for each other and not harder. And it really just takes a conversation, right? And it's not hard. <laughs> you know, you just kind of stop and pause and go, oh, didn't know that. Let me grow a little bit. Let me change a couple things here to make things easier for my fellow human being. And that's mm-hmm. really all it is at the end of the day. Thank you. So how did you start to think that you wanted to develop your own candle line? Uh, great question. Um, so when we started Fruit Loops three years ago now. And um, what became really, you know, what we do is that we create great packaging for people. And uh, in that great packaging is all of these amazing vendors. Um, but what became very clear is that people wanted you know, more fruit loops to take with them after the box and packaging was gone. And um, it became clear to us that we needed to start making our own things. And, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the biggest parts of gifting world that we, you know, continued to buy deep into was candle world. And, um, you know, I'd never set out to be a candle maker. I never (laughs) wanted to be one. I never wanted to learn all the things that I, I know now about it. And let me tell you, it's not as easy as it sounds. But I think that was the easiest thing. Alan and I are both fond of candle making uh, and candle brands. We give each other candles so often before we started to go into that world. And so it was kind <laughs> of the lowest hanging fruit for us to go, okay, candles, that seems easy. Uh, and, you know, we started to work with some great local people. We started to design it and it just felt really easy for us. And that was kind of the start of us making uh, a lot of products ourselves and now becoming part of our own vendor community. And it, it was an easy kind of lever to pull because it made sense in all the boxes that we create and all the things that we celebrate. And, uh, you know, this was our first holiday uh, that we went into with candles that are made just by Fruit Loops. And we go into it with eight cents, which is a lot, uh, including mm-hmm. holiday. Uh, and as we go into Valentine's Day this year, um, you know, we have two new scents that are really kind of inspired by love. So what uh, are they? big world. We want to uh, know. We well, want to know. Yeah. Well, we have cuddle, which has always been there from day one. Uh, <laughs> cuddle smells like pine, charcoal and oak wood. And we kind of were inspired by camping out together or sitting by a fireside where you know, get close together. And if you look at the names that we've named our candles, they're all, you know, on the outside, if you're not really thinking twice about it, they're just names. But we have this secret kind of (laughs) story uh, behind uh, it. Yeah, always. Story behind everything. And I purposely, you'll hear it here first, if you haven't uh, heard it anywhere else. But like, it really is the story of like, you know, uh, a queer person's journey in the world. And 
from the time that you come out, which is what we call sparkle. That's the moment that you sparkle. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a candle named sparkle. And when you find your first love and you have that first cuddle, that's why cuddles there. Uh, We have a home candle. When you finally feel home, uh, you know, there is a couple scents to answer your question, Janine, earlier um, that are coming out this Valentine's Day. One is called them. It's a play on pronouns and to recognize, you know, the different pronouns that are in the world today and to not be afraid of them. But it also speaks to a romantic partner that you've had or have. Mm-hmm. And it it oh, reminds yeah. you of them. Uh, you know, so what will so that smell like? That one is one of my favorite ones. That one is tobacco and rose together. So it's oh, like yes. roses. And we have these stories kind of built behind them and what we think they smell like and you know, maybe meeting them at a bar and you can smoke <laughs> cigarette smoke in the background, but there's alcohol and, but the and cologne perfume. of that person, yes, the fragrance of that person is there. Nice. Um, so lots of sensory kind of imagery built into everything, but it's all awesome. the journey. And Sparkle is very fruity and upbeat. It's grapefruit, mandarin. Grapefruit, sparkling, uh, sparkling citrus and peach. So we're doing this fundraiser with you and it's love is love is love. And I definitely want it to feel like love oneself, love one's best friend, love one's partner, love one's mom, love one's um, uh, community mom, so to speak, you know, love one's brother. But you curated what I think are three really fabulous options to choose from. And a little bit of money will come to BPI to help with the advocacy that we do throughout the year, which this year we're right around the country with a big rally in Jacksonville. And we're focusing on transgender issues. Can you talk to us about, you know, the thought process that you put in and then describe the boxes for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, knowing what you know now about my affinity for, you know, this, this world and working in it for so long, the world, you know, when we were starting to talk about this, I had to like crack all of my knuckles and go, okay, make it extra special. And, you know, the options that we, that we, you know, are bringing to uh, your community and to your members are are extra special. And, you know, I think uh, we have a box that is purely all about love. I call it the Love You Chocolate box. And, you know, it's some of the best chocolates uh, that I've found here in Los Angeles. And a company called Valerie Chocolates by a woman named Valerie, and who she is a chocolatier who studied in France and decided to open up her business here. And she makes some of the best things. And we, you know, put uh, a box of chocolates in addition to a, a rose uh, white chocolate chocolate bar in there uh, and a cuddle candle from Fruit Loops. Um, we really just wanted to make that your go-to love box. So if you were just feeling extra lovey-dovey, this is the box for you. Um, mm. I have a lots of sparkle box. And, you know, I've worked in the world of love so much that, you know, it's easy to kind of, you know, cut a lot of people off and go, hey, these are all the products for the people in love only, people who are married. And I didn't want to do that here. And I wanted to make it so that anyone who wanted to show a little bit of love to anyone, whether it be the postman or, 
you know, your next door neighbor or a good friend, uh, you know, or coworker to give them something that felt or like yourself celebrate <laughs> or yourself, most importantly, uh, you know, I wanted to give them options. And so we have a lots of sparkle box, which has our sparkle candle uh, and then uh, six piece chocolates from Valerie chocolates, which are all so delicious. Um, and it, sorry, in the love you chocolate box, I think it's a 12 piece box that's in that one. And then uh, my favorite one, which kind of, you know, is extra special, um, uh, the Love uh, love You Latte box, which um, has um, whole beans, uh, whole coffee beans inside of it. It's a big uh, bag of beans, which is made by a queer maker here in Los Angeles, uh, kind of disrupting the coffee scene uh, and wanting to make coffee for everyone. Uh, she, uh, it's called Couplet Coffee, and uh, we have... A bag of coffee from them, and then um, uh, another queer maker called Jumi Ceramics. Um, she hand makes all of these hand uh, ceramic uh, coffee mugs, and in this box, there's a very tactile, you know, fun to touch and hold coffee mug that has a smiley face on it. And when you rub your hand over it, you can see feel the two eyes and the big smile across. So it's like extra special just holding it, and you can feel it and you know, is the perfect uh, accompaniment to um, couplet coffee. And fun fact about Jumi is that she actually almost went blind herself too. And I remember talking to her about, you know, potentially using her for this box. And she said, you know, the blind community is very near and dear to me because I almost fully lost my sight. Uh, and she actually made other, I know Janine was asking me to try to bring this into, you know, the assortment, but she made a braille coffee mug that reads uh, badass on the front of it and has yeah. a, a little bit nice. of an assortment in there. Yeah. So like she that. almost makes it that her mugs are, you know, very tactile, very sensory. So when you hold them, they're not just a mug, you know, there's extra special things to it, but this one in particular has a really fun, you know, smiley face on the front. So not your average coffee mug. So between these three boxes, you know, we're bringing you some elevated chocolates, um, some uh, amazing candles made by us, and then coffee and a really delightful mug. Uh, and um, there will be three price points. They will come packaged in our Fruit Loops, uh, you know, um, signature packaging, which is a black box that has crinkle paper inside of it that Janine loves. Uh, mm-hmm. And then on the outside there, you know, actually, this brings us back to you, Anthony. Yeah, uh, Anthony. You have this really cool um, uh, lo- uh, love packaging, which has these um, printed balloon dogs that mm-hmm. uh, are looking at each other with hearts in between. So, so it's cute. very love, very cute mm-hmm. and very perfect for celebrating the love occasion. So whether you're buying it for others or yourself. Um, these are yummy um, uh, curations that we've created just for BPI. Um, yeah, we're walk us through it- the products that you have on the website itself. And then, of course, take us there. Give us the information to get there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, you know, fruitloots.com is the place to go to see the full collection that we offer. And that changes throughout the year. Um, you know, we'll be, uh, we are now deep in, love and valentine's day at this moment so uh, <laughs> uh you know we will be offering our full assortment of candles there's eight to choose from uh in addition to home gifts which include ceramics pillows uh you know there are notebooks there are 
Um, gosh, what else do we on there? We have so many things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have boxers, you have pencils, you have yeah. mugs um, there's, and there's, cups. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. I, I, I would be here all night if I started to name them off. But what we're doing for, you know, this particular fundraiser is that, you know, we will have two uh, days to that we will be standing by the phones to kind of walk Ooh. people through. Uh, yeah, uh, walk people through some of the things. So if you did want to order extra things, you know, we can guide you through, you know, what other options there are. If you're not a fan of some of the scents that, you know, we present in some of the boxes, mm-hmm. we're happy to, you know, introduce you to some of the other scents that we offer in the candle line. Yeah, in addition to any other things. And you know, I, it's, it's easy when you get somebody on the phone, it's like personal shopping and, you know, it's certainly a, a fun part about doing things. And it does make it easier when you got, you know, the two founders of the yes. company on the phone talking to you. And let me we'll tell you, that. thank you for doing that. We're thank really you. excited about that yes, part of this. Excited. We'll be here. We're, we're going to create a special page just for the fundraiser. But in addition to that, you know, fruitlets.com is where to go to shop it. And other than that, you know, we'll be having those designated days to kind of walk you through any of your ideas, you know, who you're gifting for best. And we're here to be the curators of those gifts. And, uh, you know, maybe you have other things, maybe there's a birthday at that time, we're happy to help put together a birthday box for you if, if necessary. Mm-hmm. So that's what oh, we'll good. That was my to. next question. You can build custom for occasions or special gifts. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, one of the fun things about what we do is that, uh, you know, you can build, we kind of, pre-design um our sleeves to act as gift wrap and so whatever occasion that you do we have people that regularly come to us you know we have people that work for companies and anytime like their teams have birthdays we're sending out a birthday box to somebody or a thank you box to somebody uh you can Mm -hmm. tell us the occasion and we'll help pick a a gift wrap sleeve that best fits the uh, celebratory reason and uh, and then we put it all in our packaging, which comes complimentary uh, anytime you shop um, our marketplace and put a box together. So that's part mm-hmm. of uh, um, the fun experience of getting a, a Fruit Loops gift. Thanks for coming Absolutely. and telling us your story about Fruit Loops and about your background. And thank you for curating these boxes and thank you for taking the time to have the personal touch for us so we can call and order with you for those of us who maybe yeah. aren't as web savvy. And before Absolutely. you go, what would your message of love for 2024 to the blind, low vision queer community be? You know, I think to the blind queer community, I think that um, the message is simple. You know, I think a, to say that you are not alone, no matter where you are in the United States, in the world. There is a community out there that is supportive and that is welcoming and that is, you know, there whenever you need them. So lean on your community because they're, they're there and they, they're, we're stronger together. And I think in today's political climate, it's even more important for us to stick together and for us to support each other, whether you're an ally or someone that's part of the community, it's so important for all of us to stick together. But then also that, you know, you're beautiful and you're special and you're unique. And no matter what are all these layers that are, you know, placed upon you by the almighty God above, you know, um, 
you're beautiful and you're exactly the way that you're supposed to be and continue to sparkle the way you are. I love that, David. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being here, David. Thank you, David. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind Pride International, a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. Please check us out at blindlgbtpride.org. Someday we'll find